Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We're joined today by Ivan Estrada. Ivan began his real estate career in 2007, and after being named Luxury Director at Keller Williams Hollywood Hills, receiving the Top Producer Award three years running, he's now a top agent for Douglas Elliman Beverly Hills, leading the Ivan Estrada Properties team. Ivan was recently honored with the Media Out Loud Award for Business of the Year and has most honorably been named on the Top 30 Under 30 list for 2014. As a millennial, Ivan's widespread presence on social media and his YouTube segment, The Real Estate Minute, have made him a notable agent, being featured on Bravo's Million Dollar Listing and HGTV's House Hunters as the Los Angeles TV personality. His extensive networking has established him on several L.A. boards, and his sterling reputation as an honorable business person and reliable partner are cornerstones of his success. Now, let's welcome Ivan to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. So, Ivan, thank you, first of all, for being my co-host for the podcast today. I always love hearing from uh, millennials. <laughs> you know, it's funny every time I uh, have a – I love – you know, there's this this theme in real estate that, you know, millennials are lazy and millennials do other things. But I have to say I see more innovative, more creative, more forward-thinking more just absolute, almost animal aggression to be successful coming from millennials than I have any of the previous generations that I've personally coached. And so for that, I, I certainly appreciate you being uh, my co-host today on the podcast, and I really appreciate the opportunity for you to share with everyone um, what you've succeeded, or how you've succeeded and what you've done and all the other good stuff. So thanks for being on the show. No, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. So let's talk. You you have been in real estate uh, for um, a total – how many – like how did you get started? Seven years. Like, what, what, seven years. Seven years. Got so you were – I mean, you were in your er, – go ahead. Oh, yeah. So how did I get started? Um, so okay. I was a, a CPA for a, a firm. Uh, I was at Deloitte & Touche and then another firm, McGladry, which are big national and international uh, CPA firms. And uh, I did that for about four years, and it just wasn't – it wasn't my calling in life. I I was good at numbers. I was very analytical, and I just uh, I just felt uh, being a millennial. I just wasn't happy. I I wanted more. I wanted to do something that I loved. And and to be honest, uh, you know, my dad really wanted me to be a CPA. And both my mom and my dad are immigrants to this country. They they uh, moved here from Mexico. And I I really wanted to make their dream come true. They had done so much for me. Put me through USC, through business school and accounting school, and getting my CPA license and I really wanted to give back to them um, because I was where I was at because of all their help and all their support. Um, and after four years, I just realized, you know, this is just not worth it. You only get one life, and I want to do something that's going to make me happy. Um, and actually, my best friend, uh, who wasn't a realtor, he, he watched Million Dollar Listing, and he was watching the show and sent me a, a text message and said, you need to be on the show. You need to be a real estate agent. And I just laughed because I, you know, I had this perception of what a realtor was like and what they would do. And um, a lot of my mom's friends were realtors and they were teachers or they were retired and, and doing real estate. So I had a different perception of 
being a realtor is not being running your own business, which is what I do now is run a business. And, um, and I started doing my research. I think I read over 40 books of every real estate thing you could imagine, prospecting, building the best website. There was nothing on social media out there yet. Farming, newsletters, uh, cold calling, warm calling, ne- uh, negotiating, you name it, I probably read it. Um, and, you know, after I would say a couple months, I decided to leave my job uh, as a CPA and just, you know, follow my dream and go into real estate. Well, so there's two, there's two strikes against you on, on, on the surface, right? One, you're a millennial and you're not supposed to be ambitious, so you're breaking that cap. Right. And here's the other <laughs> thing I'm hearing you say. <laughs> you know, you're analytical by nature, and analytical people are not supposed to be natural salespeople, and clearly you no, are. No, not at all. Uh, is that funny, to be though? very introverted. Well, Exactly. You're supposed to be introverted. You're not supposed to like people. You're not supposed to be demonstrative. And you're all those things. Did you have to train yourself to be that way? Or is your sheer ambition and what you're wanting to accomplish in life, is that your driving power to help you overcome maybe some of your innate nature of being more introverted? Look, um, so as a kid, I was in the entertainment industry. Um, I was on a TV show for almost seven years. And then I was signed to Universal Music Group as an artist. So I was a singer. Um, so all those years of just being in front of a camera and bringing in front of audiences, um, that really took me out of my shell because I remember being such a shy kid. Um, I got into accounting, I think, because I just felt that I was great at numbers and my dad wanted me to be a CPA and I just felt, okay, I'm done with the entertainment industry. I really need to, you know, find a real career and that just felt like it was going to be the right fit but unfortunately it wasn't but it was definitely a great um, milestone in my life and I think I thank a lot because of the success that I've gotten in real estate has been because of that and and everything that I've gone through from you know being on camera as a five-year-old to now doing my real estate minutes as a 32-year-old. I just pulled up your uh, film career. I didn't know you were in acting. So you uh, were were these all in the United States? These uh, these film roles? Yeah, yeah. So it was a TV show. Um, it was called Sábado Gigante. It was on Univision. So it's uh, filmed in Miami. It was a variety show, and uh, that's the I I did that show for almost seven years as one of the kids on the show, and we would act, we would sing, um, and. Uh, that's what evolved into me getting a record contract and actually recording an album. So let's talk about, just if you don't mind taking a sidestep here, because this will be very beneficial to all the folks that don't have your acting and your, you know, you have, you've been obviously trained through experience to be more introverted and you're, you shared with the listeners that it wasn't something that naturally that was natural for you, but you, you figured it out. You sort of learned, can you give some tips and I know you haven't prepared to answer this question, but I have a feeling you're going to have an excellent answer. Can you give some tips to folks who maybe are stuck in sort of that world of being maybe too introverted for their own good, being maybe too much stuck in that CPA mindset and, and not really willing or not really seeing how they can change so they'll uh, essentially become more effective people people? Can you can you give some suggestions on that? Absolutely. Um, so one thing I don't – they have it here in, in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles chapter, and I think they have them um, nationwide actually, is Toastmasters. So Toastmasters is an organization um, that trains you on public speaking. So you get a, a category, um, and they give you a topic, and then you go up the next week and talk about your topic in front of 20 to 200 people. So I think when you're kind of pressured – to do something like that really makes you come out of your shell. 
Um, I did Toastmasters on top of everything that I did just because I felt like I needed, you know, a refresher or just, um, you know, something to kind of push me forward so that when I do do public speaking or I I am in front of a camera, that it just comes out naturally. Um, And also, um, I do a lot of networking. So meeting people on a daily basis, um, I have an event tonight, I have an event tomorrow night, I have an event on Saturday, just going out there and pushing myself. Um, I actually, I've had friends who, you know, just naturally just go up to people and start conversations, and I was not that person. And so just having, um, you know, someone that can hold you accountable um, to push you forward and pushing that extra step, I think is very crucial. And then taking a buddy with you, networking or taking a buddy to Toastmasters or finding a course on public speaking, because I think that doing, you know, items like those will strengthen your social skills tremendously. Well, so give some, yes, everything you said is fantastic. In every marketplace, there's some opportunity for public speaking. And, yes, absolutely, when you're under pressure to perform magically, you'll set aside all the things exactly. that have been slowing you down. You, you said a couple of ta- uh, tactical, practical things which I really liked. You said basically when you go to, even though you're more of an introverted person by nature and you don't necessarily go up to people, you still have figured out ways, specific things and specific systems, if you will, to make it so that you can connect directly with people. So you have an event. I, I, here's what I heard you say. You absolutely positively put yourself in a position where you have to go in front of people. That is the, there's a direct correlation to the more folks you are coming in direct contact with, not through digital means, but direct contact with and the people you can help and the money you can make. And you obviously know that. But when you're in those situations, you're going to that event tonight and you're trying to meet some new people. Tell us how you're actually going to do it. I know that sounds almost to the point of being like, like way too basic, but it's so important because agents don't know how to do this. How do you actually make yourself – there's somebody across the room you want to meet. There's some, some you know, conversation you want to be part of. How do you do it? Okay, so I think the easiest way would be to take a buddy. So I'm taking a friend of mine. Her name is Michelle. We've been friends for almost six years. She's a financial advisor, and uh, she's very bubbly, very sweet, very smart. And so with us together, we don't feel as, you know – as embarrassed or or just, you know, feeling like we're not as confident as you would be going alone to these events. So we always go together. I take actually, not always, I take different people depending on the event. This is an event for the Natural History Museum, which I'm part of the, on on the board, but I, I, us together, I feel like we're able to conquer more people in the room and that shyness just kind of just drips away because then she will go up to certain people and I will go up to certain people and just kind of introduce myself, introduce my friend Michelle, and then the conversation just starts rolling. And I think that a lot of us, you know, it's that fear of connecting with people. And actually, they're always pleased to talk to us, or they always want to talk to us. That's why there are these events. People want to meet people. Um, So I think it's, you know, I think it's more of a mindset thing to take away of the whole fear um, that you're not going to say the right things or that they're not going to like you. It's, it's, it's It's always been a positive experience going with a buddy. And so just so listeners can understand, basically last year you did essentially, you know, $30 million in commission, and this year you're mm-hmm. on track to probably realistically do 50 or $60 million in, you know, I'm sorry, in volume. So, guys, listen, this guy knows what he's talking about. So how do you decide what groups to, be, to participate in? Like when you're, you know, in L.A., there's so many different networking groups. In every market there is, and, and listeners, we've had other podcasts about uh, the fact that if there's not groups you want to participate in, start your own. There's lots of ways of doing that. You can use meetup.com, to, you know, just tons and tons of different ways. But how do you decide where you want to 
spend your efforts and spend your time when it comes to networking? That's a great question. So um, I have different interests. So obviously I have my CPA background. So I always try to find – there's CalCPA, which is the board of the Cal, uh, for CPAs here um, in California, and they have tons of events. And I, even though I, I'm not the introverted type, I know that they are. So it's a great way for me to go and meet them and, you know, and, and, and network together because they feel comfortable sending me their clients because I have that CPA background. I am analytical. I am numbers driven. Um, so I do that. Um, there's a lot of entertainment groups in Los Angeles. I was in the entertainment industry. So I'm always trying to go to producer events or writer events or um, I have a lot of friends in PR uh, because of what I used to do. And so they invite me to you know, there might be a runway show or there might be a show for uh, a new designer. So I always try to go to things that I'm interested in because I, when I started seven years ago, I would go to everything and anything, and I realized that that was probably the biggest mistake. It was I was more about the quantity than the quality, and I was not having a good time because I was going to events that I just really didn't care about what the event was about or I just had nothing in common with these individuals that I was trying to have something in common with and it just I just wasted a lot of time so I think trying to find something that interests you if there's a certain charity or a certain skill that you like to do if you like biking if you like um, car racing if you um, if you have a charity like you know breast cancer or leukemia getting involved with things like that with people with similar mindset one you're creating relationships and two you're just having a great time while you do it you're not feeling like you're a fake when you're, so you're you said two really really powerful things i want listeners to hear it and i actually relate it to julie my wife you know so julie is analytical by nature she's a classically trained musician she's played in orchestras the whole nine yards and she would, when we sold real estate, now it's been more than a decade, but when we sold real estate, she would always get like, I'm not even exaggerating, 25 or 30 units per year out of her, you know, not just the main orchestra, but also the little, every orchestra has little, you know, spin-off orchestras. And it's mm-hmm. the exact reason I even just said, because she was, she's not an extrovert. She wouldn't just go in there and bounce off the walls and pass out business cards. She was just, she was being herself, doing what she loved doing around people that were similarly minded as her. And that's what he's saying. And he gave you guys a big bunch of lists of things you can associate yourself with. You know, look, if you love animals, you join the Humane Society. If you want to do, you know, he said, here's a great one for you. I'm surprised you didn't say this. Business managers would be a killer networking group. Oh, trust me. Those, those are in my very <laughs> inner, inner circle. Those, trust me. Okay. I have a meeting with one tomorrow. and. <laughs> I'm on that, yeah. trust me. But you weren't going to say that on the podcast because that's the real secret sauce. But, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I mean, in your world, the fact that you can talk numbers and you're talking with business managers and whatnot that manage money for celebrity types, they have to love you because they they they're totally in sync right from out of the gates. That's great. So, listeners, there's no excuse, no matter what personality type you, ha- you are, to believe you can't be successful. And I'll say this from a coaching perspective. People like Ivan, analytical types – are generally speaking more consistent with their business and their income and more consistent about building wealth because of the fact that they can stay drilled down and focused on a specific task. And analytical folks, when they lock in to a specific schedule, which we're going to talk about, when they lock into a specific well, – I even mentioned his uh, going to networking groups. When they lock into that, they will absolutely own it. They'll kick ass at it. They'll do it better than anybody else when they basically know they're following a proven path that will get them to their goal. Um, so let's move on. How do you prioritize your time? Obviously, you know a ton of people – you know you're you know you're incredibly successful and you're going to be one of LA's probably top agents 
you know, probably before you're 35, I'm guessing, or if not sooner. So how do you prioritize your time? So many different distractions. Um, so my schedule every Monday is pretty much set for the entire week. I mean, obviously things change here and there, but um, for myself, prioritizing, I prioritize my health. So I wake up at 5 in the morning and I hit the gym. It gets me in the right mindset. I don't ever put anything on my schedule other than the gym at 5 a.m. Go to the gym, get myself in the right mindset, run, um, and then when I get to the office, I'm ready to go. Um, for me, it's all about the prospecting. Prospecting, prospecting, prospecting. Um, when I started in the business, um, I realized that I was selling two units and then zero for two months and then three units and then zero for the next month. And it was this constant up and down that was just kind of, okay, what am I doing? Like I'm, I'm working all the time. I'm going to these networking events. Um, and it's just, you know, every month is completely different. So what I realized, and, and it was through a coach, was, you know, filling that pipeline and keeping a pipeline report um, and just making sure that you prioritize your prospecting because at the end of the day, that's what's filling the pipeline report and that's how we're generating our sales. And, and by prospecting, I call my past clients and I see how they're doing. Um, I, I see a lot of agents, I think a big mistake is like, okay, now the next one and now the next client, now the next client. Now let me meet new people, new people, new people. And we forget about those people that actually had so much to do with our success and with our growth. And I want to make sure that I'm part of their lives and their kids' birthdays and I see how they're doing and my inner circle, my business managers, my attorneys, my financial advisors, my divorce attorneys, I make sure that I lock in two hours of my day at least to make sure that I follow up with all of those people. Obviously not, I try to touch them at least once a month, maybe twice um, through phone call and then coffee or a lunch and here and there, but that's how I prioritize my day, my health, my prospecting, okay, you're, you're and then... Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. And then after, I'm sorry. after that, then everything else then follows through. Okay, so uh, you're in our wheelhouse, and I want to really drive down on what you just said, because what you just said is the least – this is like three really untrendy things you're saying on this podcast. Shame on you. You should know better. Okay, you're not supposed to be successful. You're not supposed to be successful as a millennial. You're not supposed to be successful as a uh, introvert. Uh, and you're not served how supposed to be successful in LA if you're not doing everything using Facebook and digital, whatever, whatever, whatever. I mean, it's you right. know, this is li- listeners listen to me. This is the bottom line truth. You're listening to exactly what it takes to be successful. He's not lying to you. He's not bullshitting you. He's not telling you it's doing 14 likes on Facebook every single day. He is on the phone. He's meeting directly with people. I know it's not a sexy thing. I know some of you are just going to want to shut it down immediately because it's going to require you doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. But that is the only way to do it consistently. You heard him say because he didn't want to have ups and downs in his income anymore. The only way you're going to have ups and downs in your income, guys, or the only way you're going to prevent it is if you're willing to consistently every single day, he just said it, two hours a day, make actual contacts. The digital trend of communicating has peaked. Guys, trust me when I tell you, if you're not willing to pick up the phone and you're not willing to meet with people, you're not going to be successful, not just in this business but any other business. If you don't believe me, what is the number one best-selling book on Amazon right now? It's Jeb Blunt's book called Fanatical Prospecting. Guys, put the pieces together here. Stop resisting. Stop fighting. It's okay to be a little uncomfortable if it requires learning skills that you don't want to learn to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. It becomes easier. It becomes more fun. You're hearing from somebody 
who by all measures is you know too young for his success. He's too analytical for success, but he's showing you that anyone can do it. I mean, can anyone do it, Ivan? Can anyone do what you're doing? Absolutely. Are you, is there some Absolutely. sort of secret handshake? No, you have to have the drive and the passion to do it, and you have to just love it. And just literally, I remember my dad saying this, and I, it, it always it just echoes in my head, successful people do what other people don't. Yeah, man. Well, luck is the residue of design, right? I mean, you have basically designed your, your, your life around experiencing what most people would call luck. But the truth is you're just getting the benefits from your hard work. And, and congratulations for that. That's fantastic. You know, someone like you, just truthfully, people, when I run across someone like you, you there's, there's literally nothing in your life you won't be able to accomplish as long as you stay disciplined and drilled down and focused. And I think you know that, too, intrinsically, don't you? I do. I, do. I, I think it's just part of who I am. I think it's just how I was raised and just having a good support system and, and just having a vision and, and just having a plan and having goals because without all of that, I, think I, don't, I don't think I'd be where I'm at right now. So let's talk about this other thing that seems to hold up a lot of agents. Do you, do you think having balance, is that an admirable goal or is that, is that just a myth? What do you think when you hear people say that? Because there's sure is a hell of a lot of people that say that should be what your mission in life should be is having balance. Do you have balance? Um, I think I have balance. I, 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 you know, there was a one point I think at the beginning of my career where I didn't have balance, where all I did was work, 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 work. Um, I had two jobs, including being a real estate agent um, at the mm. beginning because it was that the, it was a tough market. It was 2009. No one was buying. No one was selling. But I knew that there was a light at the end of the tunnel uh, for me. Um, but um, wait, what was the question? I, I completely forgot. No, about balance. About, about balance. Oh, about you, balance. Like there the we go. About balance. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I. I I do proud myself on having balance. I've bur- I've burnt out before, and and you know, I, and it was because I wasn't taking time for myself. I I now schedule my my exercises, my gym time is scheduled, my haircuts are scheduled, my monthly massages are scheduled, my vacation time is scheduled, my family time is scheduled. Everything is scheduled because it, you know my clients are important to me, my business is important to me, but also. I'm very important for me because if I don't have my health, then I can't do what I'm doing. So I think balance just depends on, you know, the eye of the beholder. I mean, there's times when I try to take two days off and it stresses me out that I'd rather be calling people or networking and then I get happy and then I feel I have this um, satisfaction. So it just depends on, you know, balance on what that means to you. And and I feel like it's very important to not uh, to not work yourself to the bone because you know it's it's about the journey. For me, it's about the journey. I I've always thinking, well, I want to comparing myself to the two hundred million dollar producers and the three hundred million. And if I just keep working hard at it and and keep going, I'm going to get there. And I really kind of lost myself a little bit. So I've realized just kind of taking care of Ivan will play into the puzzle of me getting where I want to go and being able to enjoy the journey along the way. So listeners, listen to what he said. Balance to him today means different than it did a few years ago. And balance to you all will mean different things at whatever point you are in your life. You know, after Ivan has enough money that he never has to think about money anymore, he might decide that he doesn't want to put as much time into actually earning money anymore and might decide to go do something else. 
some of you guys are, you know, older folks generally will be on spiritual quests and spirits and they'll start putting more emphasis on God and religion and just different things at different points in your life have different uh, prioritizations where people get lost in the balanced conversation is their belief that they have to have an equal amount of each of the five uh, areas of life, you know, education, family, spiritual, financial, physical. And, you know, somehow magically you're supposed to divide all those things up through your spending exactly the same amount of time in each. Uh, please, guys, don't believe that's true. It's not, depending on where you are in your life. Like Ivan, he's at a point where he's building his career. He's wanting to take care of his body. He's wanting to keep his head right. So, you know, he'll, his priorities will change, and balance will have different definitions uh, at different points in his life, which makes total and complete sense. All right, guys, uh, one, this is a great question, actually. Looking back at your real estate career, uh, what would be like the biggest maybe single or maybe one or two mistakes that you wish you would have made that all the like 100,000 plus agents that are listening, if you could save them from having this, making this mistake, what would it be? I think um, well, one of them was not, uh, not celebrating my successes and, and mm. looking more at the things that I hadn't accomplished. Um, I just, for me, it was, okay, got to keep going. Oh, yeah, I got top. 20 in the office, no big deal, got to keep going, got to keep going, and not really celebrating that, and really, you know, and being so thankful because of of, of being at that place in time, so I think for me, it's just um, not, not, you know, I, I, how would you say, um, smelling, stopping and smelling the roses, and being appreciative of what I have, and then also just maintaining those relationships, what I brought, which I, you know, talked about earlier, and just really, you know, all my past clients, I'm where I'm at now because of them, because of their support, because of their trust in me. So I want to make sure that I maintain those relationships. And, you know, I, don't, I, I can't tell you how many times I go into listing presentations and I ask them, who sold you the home? And they don't remember. And so mm. there's a lot of opportunity there to maintain those relationships and take care of the people who took care of you. You know, that's fascinating. I hope uh, newer agents heard what he just said, and that is so true. Uh, you guys will, you know, be pleased, I think, to know that most agents really don't do any – they sell the house and never communicate with that customer again, that seller or even that buyer again. And the reality of it is as a new agent, you don't really have to compete in most cases with the previous agent because they maybe not aren't even in the business anymore. So what's been your greatest success? We talked about – you know, one of the things that you would have done differently, you had been more present and appreciated your success when you experienced it, taking more of a breath and maybe back the pressure off a little bit. That certainly makes sense. So what's been your greatest success, if there's one? <laughs> oh, God. I think for me personally is I always, you know, when I was uh, an accountant, I was working for someone else and I didn't have my own business. And now it's I'm running my own business and I'm I'm doing something that I love. And, and everyone on my team, they're my family. So every time I come into the office, I look forward to coming to the office and being with my team and, and uh, you know, enjoying our time together as we're reaching our goals and, and, you know, and following our plan. I think it's being a business owner and being – I never – Coming from the CPA background and, you know, you work for someone else and you work up the corporate ladder, you know, that's how I saw myself over seven years ago. And that's how I saw my plan. And I, I never thought I would have, you know, the courage to really kind of, you know, leave what my parents had to say and their opinions and other people's opinions about what are you doing? You're leaving that CPA firm. You went to USC. You had it, you know, you had it made. You know, I, I – 
I, I did what I wanted to do, and I wanted to have my own business, and I wanted to run my own life, and I didn't want any limits. And that's, I think, my biggest success is just having my business and just loving what I do every single day and not having that limit because I do what I want that makes me happy. And I think that kind of then spills over to my team and then spills over to my clients and then spills over to my friends and family. What do you think the biggest misperceptions that folks have about you or really any top producing agent? What, what, do, you, what do you have to overcome as far as people's perceptions of you professionally? Uh, the biggest perception is that it just happens overnight. Um, you know, it's mm. been it's been a, a long seven years. You really have to put in the time and the effort, and you really have to love what you do. I get tons of phone calls and emails and Facebook messages about I want to be a realtor. Can you you know mentor me and and uh, you know I want to be as successful as you. Can you give me you know tips and ideas and you know and I think that you know I, it it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of love for your craft to, in order to be successful um, and and want to be better and reinvent yourself over and over again because you know I do have the real estate minute and now I now I'm doing community videos and I'm always thinking. What's next for Ivan? How can I keep surprising people over and over and over again? So I think that's the biggest misconception that it's it's easy, it's super easy, and it's it's not. People but think it, you I do think it all. Yeah, I mean exactly. I mean your 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 income level, your level of financial success, it's a direct directly correlated to your skill set. And you're right; it takes a long time to get really good. It's almost it takes almost as like twice as long you know, to accomplish a really worthwhile goal than you think it should because you have to learn so much more than you possibly think. And you have to have the discipline to basically force yourself to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And that's what you've learned to do even without verbalizing it. You know, so when you were in those, when you're in those times where you just like, like sort of maybe five years ago or six years ago, and you were sort of questioning your sanity from breaking away from the supposed security of having a J-O-B into being the person that you are and you're becoming, you know, how did you pull yourself up? How did you keep yourself focused on, uh, you know, the belief, the vision, the goal of becoming independent, successful business owner? I think it was just surrounding myself with people that believed in me. Um, you know, unfortunately, my parents weren't one of them at the time. Now they're the most supportive family in the entire world. But just having other people around me that were as driven and as dedicated to whatever they were doing. Some were not in real estate. Some one, A friend of mine wanted to run his own design firm. Another friend of mine wanted to open his own marketing firm because – the market for jobs was awful. And as a millennial, you know, we had to create jobs for ourselves and we had to kind of push forward. And I think surrounding myself with a good support system of people that believed in me and that trusted me and that also helped me in whatever that they could do possible to make sure that I succeeded and that we all succeeded together. I think that was the most important thing is just surrounding yourself with positive people and everybody else, all the naysayers and all the negativity, just block yourself. Put on those earmuffs because that's just noise. And you just kind of have to focus on that goal and love what you do so much that you don't it, – it doesn't matter what you need to go through because you know that you're going to get there eventually. Have uh, uh- suffer from a wonderful case of myopia or tunnel vision where you're focused <laughs> exclusively on your goal. That's, that's a suggestion we always give to our coaching clients. So here it is. I'm going to ask you a question. It's what you weren't prepared for it, but don't worry about it. You'll do fine. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to put this out there. And so you're going to remember 
for the you know that this is something that you said, and everyone listening is going to hold you accountable to it. So whatever you about, you're about okay. to say, it's going to be what the world's going to hold you, the universe is going to hold you accountable to, to put it in LA terms. So tell us where you're going to be in 12 months, and and then in five years, and be specific. What do you see for yourself? Okay. 12 months. So 12 months from now. Um, there's four people on my team. I'd love to have a team of seven, and I'd love to be at 150 million in sales in the next Hoorah. 12 months. That's that's the goal. Now the long-term goal is, I love being in front of a camera. I always have. Um, I think um, that's been a passion of mine to kind of to give people information and make people happy. And I have been on the House Hunters and on the Million Dollar Listings, and I would love to have my own show one day. Um, my entire condo was designed by my, it was my furniture that I designed. Everything from the furniture, from the fabrics to the glass that was used, everything was my design. And I love design. So I would love to have my own furniture line, uh, you know, my own furniture line at Target, my own furniture line at a boutique, having my own show where I can show people how to do it, how to design their properties, how to, you know, uh, uh, what paint colors to use? I, you know, or, and, and 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 include that in my life. So I think five years from now, that's what I would love to be doing. And you know, the cool thing about what you're doing is it's the foundation for everything that will come next. And a lot of folks don't appreciate that. But when you get good at selling real estate at a high level, there's those skills. That skill set is scalable really into any other business. It's all about the. It comes down to the same. You know. It's basically sales, guys. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor. It doesn't matter if you're a CPA. You can be the world's best CPA, but if you cannot talk people into doing business with you, i.e. selling them into doing business with you, there's only so many leads you're going to get from your centers of influence and past clients, and then you're going to stop growing. Everything, every business, no matter what it is, comes down to sales skills, and Ivan, you clearly kick some serious ass in that arena. Anything else you'd like to say to our listeners as we round the bend on today's show? Um, you know... Yeah, one last thing. Um, I think one of my biggest things that I always tell people when they ask me for advice is, what should I do? And I always say, look at what everyone's doing and do the complete opposite. Mm, hoorah. Prospect, brother. Stick to a schedule. Do what other people don't want to do and they don't want to do it. Now you're definitely preaching our preaching to our uh, choir. <laughs> so, Ivan, I really appreciate you being my uh, co-host today. Um, you know, you're going to do incredible things. Make sure that you uh, – Connect with me after today's podcast so I can connect you with the agent we have who is about to have her own HGTV show, so maybe I can be helping you along the path of having your own show. And uh, every everyone else, listen. Oh, here's one. Ivan, if they want to send you referrals, they want to do business with you, what's the easiest way for them to connect? Absolutely. So um, if they want to send me referrals, they can always visit my website, www.ivanestradaproperties.com. If you go to my YouTube channel, Ivan Estrada Properties Real Estate Minute, there's a way to connect to me through there. For our millennial friends, if you want to connect through me through Instagram or Facebook, you can find me on Ivan Estrada or Ivan Estrada Properties. And for those of you who just want to use email, then there's Ivan at IvanEstradaProperties.com. I like how you make email sound like it's somehow sort of like a caved <laughs> An ancient thing. <laughs> <laughs> I saved the best one for last. 
Uh, oh, there you go. Okay, good. Because I only use email. All right, guys, <laughs> listen. Uh, connect with him. Send him referrals. Uh, you know, this is uh, stay connected to the podcast. There's literally, guys, thousands of past podcasts you go and listen to. You can hear us on iTunes. You can hear us on timandjulieharris.com. This is the number one listen to uh, show for real estate agents out there. And uh, yeah, guys, more Ivans in the future um, of more top producers that are really changing the way real estate is being done. Don't be surprised when you hear from more top producers who are saying very similar things because the trends, the fads, the things that people think work are proving themselves not to work. The buying buyer leads and all that, those things are rounding the bend. They're going to prove themselves to be no longer useful in the future. Connect with the mindset that he has because that is the mindset of success. So Ivan Estrada, I really appreciate being my co-host today. Have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with everyone on the radio tomorrow. Sounds great. Thank you. Bye. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.